0: Welcome to Building Resilient Families, a podcast brought to you by Jamina Foundation, designed to unfold a series of conversations with people from around the world, offering unique perspectives on resilience that are practical and relatable.
1: When we are talking about the ancient wisdom or the ancient yogic system, they are not asking to do anything. They are only asking you to observe yourself to understand your own nature so that you can realize the actual things. I believe that obstacles, it is not outside, obstacles, it is only within you. So whatever obstacles I have or tomorrow, whatever obstacles will come, that is not because um, from some outward reason. Everything is, I am the bondage and it is only I or my inner guru can help me see nowadays most of the diseases are like psychosomatic so it is coming from the mental level manifest into your pranic level energy level and then finally its symptoms visible in the physical level so diseases mostly coming from the mental level and main reason it is actually the thoughts and the perspective of the work so basically Ancient yoga one way trying to say that what you are, you don't need to do any effort or like you don't need to uh, achieve something that you are not. But you are already that you just need to realize that there is some kind of veil, there is some kind of cover and that's created by the mind. So you need to purify your mind, you need to remove that veil, then you can understand who you are. So, you don't need to become something, but what you are, that you need to manifest.
0: Hey everyone, thank you for joining. Our topic for today is Ancient Wisdom for Mental Wellness with our expert, Devi Prasad Pramanik. We would like to know, where did you begin on your own journey?
1: It's began at the age of uh, 15 or 16 it is difficult to explain through words but I was feeling some kind of like a aspiration or we can call it is like an inner dissatisfaction but outwardly there was no crisis for anything but inwardly I was missing something and I was looking for some answer and that time there was not so much availability especially I was living in a small town I was not aware of anything, but I was just feeling that inner pain or inner dissatisfaction or like my inner being was asking for something. It is like a too much inner hungerness. So I just found one um, spiritual journal and uh, I saw the editor. So I wrote a letter to that editor that I have this kind of feeling and how can i proceed how can you help me it is very difficult to lead a life like this so he said that uh, uh, it is also not so easy to guide you through the letters but you can come and meet with me and that time i was 15 and 16. Um, my house they will never allow me to go uh, alone but one day i just left home without mentioning anything to anyone and went to that ashram it was like um, 150 kilometers away from home. So you need to take the train, bus and all. But somehow I able to reach and that is very interesting. No? When you follow the spiritual path, you know, you will get some kind of guidance. Like when I was traveling in the bus and then there was one person sitting next to me and he just asked me, where are you going? So I said, I'm going to this ashram. He said, do you know anyone in that ashram? I said, I know that Swami who is the editor of that journal. He said, but I am closely associated with that ashram. And as per my knowledge, that Swami went to some other country from last few months. So he's not there anymore. So do you know anyone else? I said, no. He said, don't worry. Let me write a letter for you. And you can meet with the main Swami and you can stay there. So he wrote a letter for me. And I went, I met with the main Swami. And then I was just staying next to his room. And um, After lunch, we had some discussion with him and he said, oh, your questions are like quite interesting. So let me give you the answer during the satsang. So then during the satsang, he discussed a few things. But I still remember, like now I am 41 years old and I'm talking about when I was 15 or 16. I was in, I think, class 10th. So uh, I asked that Swami that I don't want to return back to my home. I want to take sannyas. So give me the sannyas diksa. He said, you are very young, you are just like 15, 16. You don't know it is your actual path or not. You don't know that uh, what is your actual path or what path you should choose. And this time, if you take the diksa, maybe your parents will not agree and they will also suffer for that. But remember one thing that if you have a real aspiration from within, then you will see that everything will be helpful in your path. Nothing going to be obstacles at all. And that things later on I realize. I returned back from the ashram. He suggested me to be connected with some good people, knowledgeable people or some kind of spiritual institution. So I went to the Ramakrishna mission in my city. I met with the Swami. I took the adiksha from him. He guided me to... Uh, study many things and follow the spiritual path and all and later on I met one person I call him Yogida so he's like my first yoga teacher. I learned the technical aspect of the yoga and he was a very practical person. He never talks about um, uh, big philosophy, spirituality, religions at all. He was just teaching me the yoga in very very scientific way and when he saw that I have an aspiration to move ahead. He said, then you can go to Bihar School of Yoga, like that is one of the well-known and authentic yoga institute or yoga university. So I went there, I learned yoga. Actually, I joined sannyasa course, that is just to become sannyasi. Most of the people who attend this sannyasa course, they become sannyasi after that. So whatever, whatever. Being associated with Sri Ramakrishna Mishan and then spending almost one year in Bihar School of Yoga, I understand the traditional path and traditional method, traditional concept or the Sannyasa tradition. And somehow my being was not actually appropriate for that or like from inside, I thought that it might not be the appropriate part. And during um, my learning yoga with Yogida or when I was in Bihar School of Yoga, I heard so much about Sri Aurobindo. Being as a Bengali, obviously I knew Sri Aurobindo as a freedom fighter or like a writer, poet and all, but I never have any idea about his yoga. So during my yoga course, I understand his concept of integral yoga and somewhere I was feeling some kind of connection. So after that I decided that I'll need to visit Sri Aurobindo Ashram. And then in Delhi Sri Aurobindo Ashram, one of my relatives was there um, and my family never gave me the contact of him because they was aware that if I get the contact of this kind of person then I may <laughs> leave the home. So somehow I able to contact with him and I joined Sri Aurobindo Ashram in 2002 and it was like something else for me. I met with Tara who is the in charge of Delhi Siyarabindu Ashram. I have seen, I took Diksha from many spiritual gurus, spiritual masters. I have seen many swamis and all. But Tara is something else. Means like for my life, if I see any spiritual teacher, any spiritual mentor, any kind of guru, then only Taradi's image comes to my mind. All those Taradhi's never written herself as a te- spiritual leader or spiritual guru and all these kind of things. She is just like a karma yogi. She just uh, working for Mother and siorabindha, but not like in this world as the other spiritual teachers and master doing. She, her work style is completely different. But she guided me to follow the path means like without saying spirituality, but doing all the work with the essence of spirituality, that things like she guided me to understand. And today, whatever I am, I can say it is only because of her guidance.
0: So you began at 15. That is at a young age. You felt this inner dissatisfaction. Most of us would suppress it, Ignore it. Not look for answers. What made it possible for you to go after that inner knowing?
1: See, actually, this kind of things, um, very difficult to explain through the words. We may say many things, but ultimately, when I am explaining all these things that how I came to this path and wherever I am, I can say one beautiful words of Sri Siorabinda Sri said that before you choose the infinite you are chosen by the infinite. So ultimately somewhere you need to believe that when you are aspiring something then whole nature and whole surrounding you somehow helps you to get that or to achieve that. And uh, obviously there are many things there was many People, those are those don't understand your path. Like I was not at the age of 15 and 16, I was not t- staying with my parents. I was staying in one of my uncle house. So many people surrounding me, they don't understand my concept. They was thinking that I am following some kind of religious or some kind of path, or I'll become a monk or something. So according to them, it is not an ideal path. Even when I was planning to hmm, go to Bihar school of yoga. So one of my uncle explained the things to my parents and my parents become very much afraid. So after that, I asked my parents that meet with Yogida. So Yogida can explain you the actual concept that it is completely different. I am not going to become a monk. I am going to do a yoga course. So there are many people, but this kind of people I never like... um, got the discouragement like I understand that many people will not understand this path so that also like maybe looks like negative way but I got the inspiration from that also when I understand that other people next to me don't have understanding and doing some kind of mistake or maybe if that is not ideal for me then it is giving a clear message to me that I should not follow that path So everyone have their own understanding. There is nothing wrong and right. I don't need to judge. But if something is not suitable for me, if something I don't aspire for, then I should not follow that kind of path. And similarly in this path, I saw many people, like as uh, I spent almost 18 years in Sri Aurobindo Ashram, Delhi branch. I saw many people, many ashramites, many sadhaks, and also I inspired by them. Everyone have some qualities maybe some person are very good from the physical aspect some per person are very good in their intellectual aspect some person have the too much humbleness or the quality of the heart so you can learn something and you can understand even if you see from the very very general perspective when i see that many ashramites in delhi ashram they are all like nowadays above 80 or almost in the 90 But they have that good health, their attitudes towards the work and all. So that is like very, very inspiring. If you just see from the surface angle, obviously spiritual things, it is little different that you need to have that kind of understanding to understand the spiritual level. So you cannot judge anyone's spiritual level. But at least you can see their attitude towards the work and towards the outside world, how they react for anything from physical
0: level, from emotional level or from mental level. We are all on a different path and yes, maybe there were challenges or people who did not understand your path but as you shared, the person you had met in the bus when you were younger or Tara Didi as you mentioned, there are many people you meet who support you on your path as well. And so at any point in, in your journey, maybe you felt that Maybe I should stop it or give this up.
1: Only one thing was always there that obviously like at the beginning, if I say at the age of 15 and 16, so that time I was reading many ancient scripture, means study the uh, scriptures or ancient texts. That is like one of my hobby from the beginning. So that time I have started, like when I was in the class 10th and then I into class 11 and my mother gave me the money to buy all the books and that time I didn't purchase any of my textbook. I sent the whole money to Ramakrishna Mission and I purchased uh, the book of Swami Vivekananda. So from that time I was reading many books even I was reading the book of Sankaracharya and Sankaracharya have few concepts like uh, there is one book and uh, that book talking about few concept that is not integrated like Sankaracharya's concept so in outer way looks little um, like his main philosophy if I say with one sloka he said Brahma Satya Jagat Mithya Jive Brahma Bana Paraha so that means that Brahma is the ultimate reality and this world is not the real it is kind of illusion kind of not real but once you realize the brahma then you will understand that this world is not apart from the brahma so this kind of sloka giving some kind of concept not to focus so much on the outer world and only focus on the spiritual path there is one book that book gives some kind of question and answer and one of the answer obviously this answer no one likes but that time in that age i have the concept like that that there is one question that King Narakang Dwaraha. And answer is like Nari Narakang Dwaraha. So it is like asking you to um, create the distance from the women. But again, you need to understand one thing. Like many people today, if they heard this kind of work, it will be like very, gives some kind of rigidity. But again, the moment Sankaracharya using the word of nari, it is saying that if you see the nari from the perspective of desire, But if you see the Nari as a perspective of the Shakti, the mother, like in Bengal, they always worship the Divine as a Shakti, as a worship of the um, motherhood. But see, from the desire angle, then it is a little different. So from that time, I have a concept that I'll never go for marriage or like doing job and all. So there was, means I believe that obstacles, it is not outside. Obstacles, it is only within you. So whatever obstacles I have or tomorrow, whatever obstacles will come, that is not because um, from the some outward reason, everything is, I am the bondage and it is only I or my inner guru can help me. So I believe in two things that all the obstacles, it is because of me and all the actual help, it is my inner guru can help me. But. I never leave the path of yoga, whatever it was, at the age of, um, in that early age, whatever I have decided. From that time, I am following the path of spirituality, but different way. Like at the beginning, I thought I'll never go for marriage, partner or family life. I'll never go for job or something, but like after spending 7-8 years in Sri Aurobindo Ashram, One day I went to Taradidi and I said that I want to experience the life in a little different way. So she said that uh, what you want to do? I said I'll go and do some job and I want to be independent my own. So she said that you are a very sincere sadhak, you are following the path of spirituality. You don't need to experience those things but still think consciously and let me know. Whatever you want, I'll always allow you to follow your own aspiration and I said yeah I am thinking to join a job he said what kind of job you want to do I said I have done my master's diploma and all in yoga so I can find out some job related to yoga he said okay if you want to do that I'll create a vacancy in our school and you can join our school you don't need to go anywhere so again she guided me even in my path of um, this career and the academic field. So after that I joined that and then I thought that if I am following this path along with my job and independency and if I get someone who have the same aspiration, so nothing wrong. So then again I become open for um, having a partner and leading the life together. Then again, I spent many years in the Mother's and School and see Aurobindo Ashram. And after that, I got another opportunity from another sadhak. So like Partho uh, is one of the very... best um, person, like I am inspired a lot from him. And then he called me to join uh, university. And that was like some kind of... Uh, aspiration I had in my mind that I spend a lot of time in this field of yoga. So now I want to experience at university that what can I do for in the university level and then I joined the university and after I experienced the university for three four years then I thought that uh, can I follow all these things the research the academic part of the yoga my own sadhana and even uh, whatever the earning and all if i can do all these things individually so a few months ago i left the university university job and now um, i'm working in france through the association saw yoga that association we established with some kind of dream to follow the ancient indian traditional yoga and link a bridge between india and france So bondage means it is not outer bondage. Bondage means it is my own bondage and I am am dissolving my own bondage and moving in this path, but never fail to leave the path in any moment of my life.
0: And in your own journey, what have you discovered about ancient wisdom, the inner self and its impact on mental health?
1: The ancient wisdom of mental health. When we are talking about uh, the mental or the mind, then there is one concept in Hindi we said that manse bandhan, manse mukti. So, mind is the cause of the bondage and cause of the liberation. If we go through the ancient scripture, the most uh, uh, popular text that is Bhagavad Gita. So, Bhagavad Gita provides some kind of definition of yoga. So like Bhagavad Gita defined yoga as a Samattam Yoga Ucchate or yoga, karmeshu, Kausalam. So both uh, definition it is giving some kind of clue that it is, you need to maintain a equilibrium, to maintain a balance, maintain a equality in every action. That is called Samattam Yoga Ucchate. So that is only like possible through the mind. Or even when Sri Krishna defining as a yoga, karmesu, kohushalam, it is again that it is a skillfulness. It is the art of the action. So art of the action means it is the psychological concept behind the action. Like one person performing um, action with some kind of psychological concept. There is a small story. Let me explain you that one day, one king, he thought that many people working under me, I want to know that what is the concept behind the work, what kind of thoughts they have. So many workers, they were working to build up a temple. So he went to the first worker and he said, what are you doing? And that worker said that I am breaking the stone and earning money to run my family. He went to the next person and he said, what are you doing? He said, I am following the order of the king. King asked me to do the work for this temple. So I am breaking the stone. I am following king's order. He went to the next person. That What are you doing? He said, I am building the history because I'm. we are working to build up a temple and this temple will remain many, many hundred years. So I am giving my contribution to build up this history. Then he went to the next person. He said, what are you doing? He said, I am working for God. We are building a, temple and god going to be there inside that temple so i am giving my contribution for that it is the same work everyone earning through uh, money through that same work but the concept behind the work it is different so that makes the difference that what is the psychological perspective we have behind every action so these are the things we need to understand we need to experience Now, when we are talking about mental health, then ancient yoga, they follow two kind of steps. One, it is like they follow the negative theology and the positive action to transform the mind. So negative theology means, as I said, that mind is the cause of bondage. So like if you go through Patanjali Yoga Sutra, that is like one of the texts, considered as a authentic text of raja yoga and raja yoga considered as a yoga of the mind so Raj yoga is only talking about the mind or like transformation of the whole being through the mind now if you see the patanjali's definition patanjali saying yogascha chitta vritti niradha so that means yoga it is separation or free from all kind of mental modifications will not go so much in details because Patanjali actually not using the word mind, Patanjali using the word chitta. So chitta it is basically came from the chaitanya, which is consciousness. So that's why like when we are using the mind here Patanjali talking about the subtle aspect of the mind. So not only the gross part of the mind. So Patanjali saying that one way you need to purify your mind. You need to remove all the aspects that create the disturbance in the mind. So that's why Patanjali is saying that you need to make your mind free from all the mental modifications that Patanjali called Vritti. So basically ancient yoga one way trying to say that what you are you don't need to do any effort or like you don't need to uh, achieve something that you are not But you are already that, you just need to realize that there is some kind of veil, there is some kind of cover and that's created by the mind. So you need to purify your mind, you need to remove that veil, then you can understand who you are. So you don't need to become something, but what you are, that you need to manifest. That is one way process, that is like kind of negative theology, just remove all the disturbance so that you can realize your true self. Then other way, then you can improve the few qualities of the mind. So when you are talking about the mind, then mind have few faculties. So like concentration, power of analyzing, power of thinking, widening the consciousness and then make yourself like calm, quiet, peace. So all these are different things. So like in yoga, we talk about many kind of mind, like thoughtless mind, calmness in the mind, quiet mind, silence mind, stable mind, peaceful mind. So all these things are different actually. So these things we can work gradually. So one way like removing the impurities and other way developing the other faculties of the mind. So that's called like, integral yoga, that working from both way, that outwardly and inwardly. Now, another aspect it is, we need to understand the connection of the mind with other parts of the being. Like there is a connection of the body and mind, so that we need to understand. Even Patanjali is also saying that if there is a disturbance in the body, then our mind cannot be stable or in common sentence why what we say that a healthy mind lives in a healthy body so your body needs to be healthy so one thing we need to understand the when we are talking about the ancient wisdom or the ancient yogic system they are not asking to do anything they are only asking you to observe yourself to understand your own nature so that you can realize the actual things so you don't need to follow any outward techniques But you need to understand your own nature. You need to understand the nature of your body, nature of your energy, nature of your mind and nature of your consciousness. Each part of the being, they have their own habits. They have their own nature. They have their own way of learning. If you want to teach something to your body, body will learn in his own way. Body cannot learn the things within a day body will go through the practice, through the repetition and body will learn something. Similarly, if you talk about the energy, energy plays a big role in everything. Everything in the sense, even like many things, it looks like a physical action or mental action. For example, like if you are going for uh, running, jogging, or if you are um, taking part of any kind of competition, it looks like a maybe physical activity, but it is the major pranic activity. Like if you take part of any kind of competition, there is a energy working behind that, that I need to become the first. I need to win. That is the fully pranic action. Similarly, like many activities, like if I ask you that concentrate, if I ask you that Nikhilji, please concentrate on your tip of the thumb what you will do, you cannot bring your mind to the tip of the thumb. What you will do, you will supply the whole energy to the tip of the thumb and automatically your blood will circulate towards the tip of the thumb and then you can feel that. So it is also a pranic activity when we say concentrate, you are actually gathering the whole energy towards that. It is like kind of uh, if I ask you that please uh, increase the speed of the fan cannot increase the speed of the fan but you through the regulator you can increase the electricity supply so when you are concentrating you are actually supplying the more energy to that point so your mind because your mind always follow the prana or opposite the prana follows the mind same widening the consciousness you need to send the prana outside so you can understand what is going on surrounding you and Now, the most important aspect, as I say, that body, prana and mind are considered as the outer part of the being, but there is an inner part of the being, what it called the consciousness, what is the actual or real self. If I talk about Nikhilji or Devi Prasad, it is not only this body, prana and the mind, but it is what we are from inside. So many ancient texts talks about it in many different ways. Even um, I understand like if we talk about the Mahabharata or the Bhagavad Gita, then they are using one word several times that is called dharma. So now think like dharma means generally we connect, uh, connect with some kind of Hindu, Muslim, Christian, Buddhism and all. But think about that time when Mahabharata written. All this dharma was not existing. So what they mean by dharma, they were not talking about any kind of Hindu, Muslim, Christian, Sikh, Jain. They was talking about the dharma. Like Sri Krishna used the word swadharma. And swadharma means it is your inner self. Dharma came from the root sound dhri. Dhri means dharan, holding. So what holds you? What holds you as a Nikhil, what holds me as a Devi Prasad? I cannot become Nikhil, or neither Nikhil can become Devi Prasad. We have something our own, that inner nature, that's called the dharma, and that one should follow. So, like if you see all the character in Mahabharata, you will see that dharma is different for everyone. So that's why Swami Vivekananda used to say that I believe that each person in this earth should have their own dharma. As many persons are there that many dharmas should be there and everyone should follow their own dharma. So we need to understand our own nature and then our body, life and mind should use as an instrument. So it is like, like you, so if you see Bhagavad Gita, you see one image in the front that there are Four or five horses and Sri Krishna is actually driving. So consciousness, it is like kind of Sri Krishna. Consciousness, it is like kind of divine spark or divine itself. And that's leading your body, life, emotions, breath, and all. So your consciousness should be the leader. So you are talking about mental health, but when mind works according to our consciousness, then it can work perfectly.
0: It's it's not the External disturbances that are happening, it's how we perceive them is what creating the internal disturbance.
1: Yes, but one thing we must remember that if you are working in any part of the being, even if you are working in the physical being only to develop the physical health, still you need to understand the impotency or the role of the mind behind it, role of your consciousness behind it. And role of your energy behind it. So none of your action is like pure physical or pure mental. There is a involvement of other parts of the being. That's what we call the integral. So what we are doing here through the Yoga Association, they're trying to spread this concept of integral. that There is an integral aspect in every part of our life. So when you are talking about your own mental health then we said that don't focus on only on the mental health, focus on the integral health and then focus on your physical health, your mental health, your emotional health and your spiritual health. If there is a disharmony in any part of the being, it will affect the other part.
0: So how does in in your own school of thought, uh, issues in the mind eventually become issues in the body?
1: see nowadays most of the diseases are like psychosomatic so it is coming from the mental level manifest into your pranic level energy level and then finally its symptoms visible in the physical level so diseases mostly coming from the mental level and main reason it is actually the thoughts and the perspective of the work like one person work as a like duty, pressurize, or like source of earning. There are a lot of stress and all. And similarly, other person working, enjoying, learning, and perspective is completely different. So it is like work can give you the energy if you are working with the positive thoughts and work can text your energy if you are working with the negative thoughts. So that mentality is very important. So people mostly suffering because of their psychological concept behind the action.
0: So it's an individual should focus on their inner self. Sometimes we have a lot of memories of the past. There are a lot of disturbances and it could be really uncomfortable to look at our true self because of that. So where could an individual who is starting today could start to work on that?
1: There are many aspects and you need to work on that. But obviously, how can you work on that? How can you take the practical step towards that? So do the simple, simple things. It is not like uh, like the mother. Mother is Sivarabindu's spiritual collaborator. So mother used to say that present time is the ideal time for yoga. It is not like from next month I'll start my yoga Or next week, I'll join something and then I'll start. No, it is the present moment. Right now, what can you do? Right now, if you're sitting in your office, then just become conscious of that. It is just becoming conscious, whatever you are doing. Focus on the small, small thing, not the big thing. So just become little conscious towards your mental health. Then emotion, see how your emotion working and how can you manage your emotion? without suppressing if you able to transform the emotion, if you able to share with someone, if you can do something, if you can channelizing your emotions same with the mind, understand your ability, understand what quality you already have and then understand where disturbance are coming and if you can solve yourself, then take little steps towards that, give more time towards your hobbies and all and try to understand your inner consciousness just like every day I'm not asking you to meditate for half an hour but two three minutes give to yourself even if you if if you can sit in one place quietly if you're able to fix the time that is very good if you cannot do that then wherever you are if you are in the office just you attend one meeting you are in the Russ, you are very busy managing so many things. Just take out two minutes and become conscious. You don't even need to close your eyes or something, but just become conscious that I am conscious. I know what is going on. If I am too busy, I am managing so many things, but I am conscious about it. So just become conscious. Yoga is nothing, but if we summarize our whole conversation, it is just come to one word that is the becoming conscious or becoming aware. You need to become a conscious of everything and then you see that if you can manage your things consciously very good otherwise whatever things you are doing become conscious so like uh, um, I would like to mention one kind of yoga that is very very interesting there is one yoga it is called like swara yoga it is related to your breath means like when you are talking about the conscious and awareness if i ask you then most of you not able to answer that why we have two nostrils do we breathe through both the nostrils do we breathe through one nostril and breathe out through other nostril or one nostril for like uh, inhalation other for exhalation or like one is active other is passive Or like we inhale or exhale equally through both nostrils. So we never observe these kind of things. And we also don't know the role of this playing of both the nostrils. So I'm giving the example through one activity. Similarly, you can find many things related to your body, emotion and mind that how they play the role and how they create the impact on your health and the psychology. So, if I give you the answer, then answer is our both nostrils very rarely work equally. Most of the time, one is active, other is passive. When we do some physical activity or involve ourselves in physical activity, then right nostril becomes active. And when we involve ourselves in the mental activity or physically, we feel passive, lazy, sleepy, then our breath becomes active in the left nostril and whenever we are completely balanced physically and mentally then breath flow through equally through both the nostril so very rarely these things happen so right now you can see that if you are feeling very active then you observe just keep your hands below the nostril and exhale you will understand that breath is actively flow through right nostril if you are feeling little boring with my talk or not that energetic then you, your breath will flow through the left nostril. It's also depend on how you are sitting. Like right now, if you are sitting on the chair, see, are you sitting straight? If you are sitting straight, then it will be different. But if you are sitting on left side of your body, if you are giving the pressure to your left arm, then breath will flow through the right nostril. If you are sitting other side, if you are giving the pressure to your right arm, then breath flow through the left side. So it's create the impact, it is like uh, when right is active, that means sympathetic nervous system is active. When left is active, then parasympathetic nervous system is active. When right is active, that means your left hemisphere of the brain is active. When left is active means right hemisphere brain is active. And equally flowing means everything is balanced. That's why in yoga, we suggest that first practice some pranayama or alternate nostril breathing. Then inhale through left, exhale through right, inhale through right, exhale through left. So your breath become equal in both the nostrils and that's the ideal time for meditation. Now after pranayama, you can proceed for meditation. So similarly, Patanjali also saying asana, pranayama, pratahara dharana, dhyana, samadhi. That first make your body stable, then establish a harmony in your breath. Then go for Pratthahara, that withdraw your consciousness from the senses and then try to gather your consciousness in one point, that's the dharana. And then gradually, when you're able to practice long time this state of the mind, it will automatically transform into dhyana or finally into samadhi. So these are the like kind of process, kind of steps, but focus on the small, small activities in the day-to-day life. Observe yourself, whatever you are doing. So at Yoga, we said that follow the activities according to the breath or manipulate your breath according to your activities. Like when you have the lunch, that means your digestive system needs to work, you will see automatically breath start flow through the right nostril. When you are in the bed, you are feeling sleepy, automatically breath flow through the left nostril. But if it is not happening, You need to have lunch right now, but you observe your breath is not flowing through the right nostril. That means digestive system is not ready or digestive system is not working properly. So you need to shift your breath to the right nostril. Or night time, you need to sleep. It is 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, but you're not able to sleep. You are not feeling sleepy. Then shift your breath to your left nostril. Or sometime, if you think there is any disorder harmony or disbalance in the body, digestive system not working properly, there are mental stress, feeling headache, feeling cold, cough or normal flu. You just shift your breath. The moment you will shift your breath, the whole nervous system will change and you will feel different. Like if um, someone feeling headache or like migraine, one side of the head, just shift your breath. Now the question is how can you shift the breath? So you just lie down in one side of the body if you lie down on left side of the body your right will open within few minutes if you lie down on the right side of the body your breath will open to the left nostril so like this i am saying that either follow the action according to the nature or manipulate your nature according to the action if you able to follow something that you like follow that If you cannot follow that, then try to find out the pleasure into that action. So don't work for the pleasure, but whatever you are doing, just try to get the pleasure out of that. That is like kind of secret of the mental health. So don't make your mind suffer, but try to understand the nature of the mind and gradually with the support of consciousness, try to improve and enhance the qualities of the mind.
0: About relationships, and how relationships are the primary uh, disturbance, which causes a lot of disturbance in the mind for many people and especially within families. So, how can breath work or being more conscious help a family to move through these disturbances?
1: That's not so easy question because none of us, we have the mastery over the relationship being as a normal human being. But if we observe the patterns, most of the time it is not depend on the other person. It is depend on our own. It is like mostly we just react in our life. Whatever things happen, we just react. We never understand the things. If someone says some good things, we smile we give the good expression. If someone say anything hurting, unpleasant, we behave in that way. So it is actually nothing but a reflection of our own self. We always thought that being alone is very difficult. So if we have a good partner, we might be very happy. And similarly, your partner also may think in that way. So two person, they are not, happy alone so they thought if we be together we can be happy do you think it can worse two happy person together can be happy but two unhappy person together can be happier not that is a big question so first thing is being as a individual we need to be complete and after that we um, we can work in the family level or in the social level and if you can go beyond it, like in Siv Aurobindo Yoga, Sri Aurobindo talking about that, that first, like Mother says before harmonizing everything, first you harmonize the different parts of your being yourself, then you can work with others and finally like ultimate aim of integral yoga, it is like a world unity. So being as an individual, focus on your every aspect of the being and Try to create that kind of culture or that kind of atmosphere at the family. So, again, I will suggest few practical things, small, small steps. How can you create? This is just example. Integral yoga means or never prescribe anything or proscribe anything. So, I am also not going to... Um, Prescribe everything that you should do that. But this might be helpful. So these are like few examples given by the mother and see or the ancient uh, yoga and it might be helpful. So like uh, creating a good atmosphere in the family, a good culture in the family. So um, like uh, if you are going to bed, just do a very simple thing that just become conscious for a few seconds or a minute and just say that I am going to sleep for the rest or for complete recharge of my body. Next morning, when you wake up, just again become conscious of yourself and feel that your body is completely recharged. It is fully energetic. And now you are ready to lead the next day. Become conscious before every action or every activity, like before food and all. I am not asking you, that we a mantra or meditate and all, but just become simply conscious that I am going to have food because my body gets the energy through the food. So I am going to offer the food to my body and have the food with that perspective. It is like if there is uh, TV going on, news going on, you are watching TV and just putting the food in the body. So if we can avoid this kind of things and just have the food normally, Or we touch up little consciousness. I am not asking you to do any big thing. Few habits like nowadays, it is very essential because what kind of things we are buying. So like if I talk about the kitchen in naturopathy, we say one thing that what kind of diseases are there in the family. If we visit the kitchen, we can understand. So... Many people may not be aware or nowadays many people are also becoming health conscious. So few, few things like what I follow and I can suggest you, like I don't allow to uh, enter few things uh, in our family like uh, refined oil, white sugar, refined salt. So these kind of things, if you just become little conscious that these kind of unhealthy things will not allow into our kitchen whenever you are buying nowadays even there are many apps and all you can see what product it has and is it healthy or not and then buy that kind of product so creating that kind of culture Uh, in france i saw like i don't know in every family or not but i am also living with one family and they have few habits and i think it is very good like they have a culture to play games together all Parents, children, uncles, auntie, everyone, they play some kind of um, indoor or outdoor games together. Okay. If they're watching film or something, they sometimes watch together. So this kind of things like if you can follow some activities, going for walk together, giving the time to each other, giving the space to each other. Always remember that collective means first you need to become an individual, first give time to yourself as an individual and then automatically you will understand the meaning of the individualness so you will give the space to other person also so we have a like this kind of concept that we always try to teach someone we always try to judge someone we always try to do something but do something in very subtle way that whatever you want to establish in your family Create that kind of uh, atmosphere that it is through the influence, not through your talk that you are asking someone do like that. Through the influence, you behave in such a way that through your behavior, through your influence, through your energy, you able to establish that. So what you want to establish, first aspire for that and then take the step from your side. First establish that quality in yourself and then gradually you will see the whole family
0: will follow that. Yes. And so it's to be more conscious about your own thoughts and have a balanced lifestyle. Pay Focus on your diet, your exercise, the activities that you do. Are you present over there and pay attention to yourself and that will impact your family as well and also improve your own mental health. And so we would like to Say thank you to Devi Prasad gee, for sharing this ancient wisdom with some very practical tips that you can start doing as of right now. And that will bring oneness to yourself and through that help you and your family as well. You were listening to the Resilient Families podcast. Do visit our website and share your feedback by writing to us at podcast.com at jaminafoundation.org. Until next time, stay safe.